Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Suffolk Business Podcast. We are joined today by a business coach, somebody that's going to provide a lot of value to our listeners and our viewers, um, the one and only Phil Budd. Thank you, Phil, for joining us today. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, what an mate. intro. And by the way, how cool did that look there when we both picked up those? Picked up the microphones, mics. yeah, at the same time, it was synchronised. There we Make go. Sure you clear yeah, that. brothers must be like a telepathic thing that we've got going on, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Who knows? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Phil, thank you for coming on the show, um, and uh, like I said, sharing your insights with everybody, which I'm sure you have quite a lot. You talk to a lot of business owners, right? A lot. A lot, of course. I've been excited about this one. You've got to manage good. people's expectations yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit, yeah, right? That's yeah. good, that's good. Yeah, Jack's <laughs> been excited. Um, <laughs> Phil, um, to kind of start things off, can you explain to us a bit about your journey to um, obviously when you started in business to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So how far do you want me to go back? Oh, just not, not, not like nappy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But business. Yeah. Okay, business. So uh, first job, started out in insurance, worked in, uh, in claims, absolutely hated it. Right. Then went into telesales. My father um, worked for a large distribution company, um, TNT, which is now owned by... Um, Federal Express. Um, so I went in as a teleseller, failed my probation, which is the worst thing you, you know can what? do. Whenever anybody says you've got a probation period, it, it, I'd never <laughs> think Don't anybody fails it. those, mate. Like <laughs> no, well, it's not, it's not very good when your dad's the director as well. Oh, that's true. Um, oh, oh. So, so uh, you know, like I, our dad, it? <laughs> I failed my probation, but the, the, my first job at TNT, I gave him my grounded in sales. Right. So they massively developed me trained me and I went from um, a teleseller into field sales and then I left there and went to work for um, another logistics firm and slowly progressed my career into um, sales management yep. and then my last role just to speed it up a little bit was at Paragon uh, Customer Communications which are a print outsourcing firm uh, and my last role there was uh, a sales director. Amazing so how many years in business then is it now? Uh, so 16 years 16. In, in sales and marketing specifically, uh, split between logistics and, and print. Amazing. How important do you think the selling aspect is? Because a lot of business owners we talk to have gone to be successful, have started in sales and then made the transition to something else. So how important in terms of your job, teaching business owners exactly how to maximise their business, do you think sales is? I think particularly when I'm working with smaller businesses or micro businesses where the business owner is, is wearing many different hats, yep. including the sales hat, um, it's really important. Mm. If, you can't, if you're not a natural salesperson, learning the skills or then being able to take someone on that's really good at it, good at it I would say is the next, is the next best thing. You, you need to, um, business growth is driven by sales in a lot of instances. You know, that's a, when you're an early business, that's a really key part mm. of it. Well, if there's no sales and there's no business, essentially, is it? Absolutely. And I, I think that when you're first starting out in business, even when I set my, my coaching business up, you know, you, you need to go and get new customers. Mm. So you, you've got to learn that skill or go out and do it yourself, whether that be networking or whatever it might be. So I think sales to any form of business is really important. But when you're a small business and you're wearing all those different hats, then it's, it's critical. Mm. So in terms of your sales experience as well, how did, it, how did you kind of transition to that to... Um, taking the decision to actually pass that knowledge on was that something that you always wanted to do or is that um no there was a a person's once said to me very early in my career that i'd make a really good sales coach or uh, a trainer someone that would develop people the business that i was working at, at that time we had made a shift from um, taking on experienced sales people to taking on um, in effect um, those that just got degrees and training and develop them I absolutely loved it. Mm. I really loved it. 
to bring someone on that's got a good attitude and train and development to be really successful, that's really satisfying. Cool feeling, yeah. Really good. So um, I got a taste for it then, but didn't realise I wanted, wanted to do it. I think the, the last role that I had um, as a sales director was a great opportunity and I absolutely loved it. It's interesting though, as you become more senior that the responsibility changes and some of the things you kind of, not stop doing, but how the role changes is you may be less hands-on with that development side because of the level of responsibility that you have. Mm. Um, and I, I was working with a really experienced team, great team, and still there's coaching and development involved in that. Um, but it was in that role that I started to think about what I really wanted to do. But the, the key for me, which I think is true of all people in business, is you move out of that employment stage into being your own boss and your own owner when something personal happens to you. Um, and that was very much the case for me. Uh, health problems in my family made me really reevaluate, okay, what's my priorities? What I want to do? Where do I want to go in life? Well, we, we find it then when we chat to everybody on this show, um, the biggest reason why a lot of people decided to own a business and run a business is for fulfillment and freedom yeah. and to be able to actually live a life on your terms. Um, so I imagine in that respect as well, like you've just mentioned, obviously coming from a personal experience yourself, is that something that you find to be a constant when you talk to a lot of business owners? Or is it more like, I want to reach this financial goal? Or does it differ? It does vary massively. I think that depending on what stage you are at in business, if you're very early starting out in business, you've got a clear idea of what you're trying to do. Mm. What very much happens is you get into business and you've been running a business for a few years is you do forget your why. So you meet a lot of business owners that go into business and say, I want to create more time for my family. You know, I don't want to be working six days a week, five days a week, 10 years down the track. They're still working. They're still yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's the, when you get into business and you become successful, working out what you really want is a very difficult question to answer. Uh, and when I ask business owners, you know, what do you want from your business? They can reel off a, a few things quite easily. But when you start to challenge that in questioning, it actually becomes very hard to I answer. I, well, I did this the other day. I asked somebody, like, why do you do what they do? And they said... You know, I do it because I want to live a life of freedom. And then I'm like, so why do you want to live a life of freedom? And it continues, doesn't it? And they're like, well, because I want to be happier and give my family what they want. And then you say, but why do you want to give your family what they want? You're like, what is it ingrained by in that you? point? They're like, Jake, yeah, yeah shut up. Why me but <laughs> no, but like, it is true, isn't it? Like, we we all think we know what we're doing, what we're doing. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking the other day, like, why why do I do what I do? And the instant thing in my mind, just because I think it is a bit of a commoditized answer, is because I want the freedom and I want to live a lifestyle where I can be at any, anywhere on, on earth at any point. Um, that to me is my reason why, but it might not be Jack's. And also it's important to recognize that your why changes as you go as well, I imagine. Yeah. So I was just about to ask that. Do you think that why is changeable in one single person? So could you ask them that at one point and then a year down the line that completely change? Yeah, it does. And for me, when I'm coaching a, a business owner to the point where the business works without them, it's not necessarily deciding at the point that you start coaching whether they're going to sell it or want passive income. Mm. It's putting them in the position so that business does work without them. Mm. Because once it does work without them, what happens in a lot of instances is people enjoy their business again. Yeah. So once the business starts working, they think maybe they want to get to a point where they sell it. But actually, when it starts working really well, they're like, actually, this is, this is why. Yeah, and they can dip in and out as well as they like. And often, I think what, what we tend to be guilty of as business owners is 
trying to aim for that life where we don't need to be in control of anything anymore. But then I imagine once that happens, and it hasn't yet happened for Jack and I, but once it does happen, you kind of, then you might find actually I, I do like being involved in the day-to-day and I do like, you know, answering those emails, you know, on a Monday morning and I do like doing all of those things. So I think as a business owner, I imagine one of your key strengths is to be able to adapt around what your client wants to adapt around too. Yeah, the, the when I'm coaching a client, it's their outcomes. Yeah. It's not mine as a coach. And that's a, that's a hard thing to grasp, uh, I imagine, as well. Because as, as a business coach as well, you what comes natural to you is, I, ma- I imagine, all the advice. All the advice that you give, all the support, all the coaching. But I guess you have to really battle sometimes of actually not having their agenda as your agenda kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the principles of, of coaching that I, 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 I follow is you have to do the right thing for the client. Mm. You, you can't be scared of losing a client as well because the moment you're scared of losing a client, you stop doing the right thing for the client. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've got to have that it's ability. It's agenda-driven. Absolutely. Mm. It's, it's, you've got to, in effect, take yourself out of the scenario and, and be in a situation where, right, what do I need to do for this client to give them the outcome that they want? And, and for me, you know, as a coach, I have a coach myself, which sometimes people find a little bit funny that a coach is a coach and who coaches the coach's mm. coach. Mm. But like everybody, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business, you need the outside perspective. Mm. You know, that self-development and that development in my skill set as a coach and a business owner, I've still got loads to learn myself. Mm. You know, I coach my clients around that. So that applies to me as well as a coach. Mm. I you need to be challenged. You can share that with your clients as well. So it's, it's one big happy family, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if you take um, all the top coaches in the world, they all have coaches and mentors still. Yeah, yeah. Like people are shocked by that, but... Like, let's just take it back to sport. Like, I always say this. People are like, yeah, but why Why is the business coach got a business coach? It's not, it doesn't really look good on him. Well, Tiger Woods, the best golfer in the world, has got a coach. Yeah. Like, it, and it goes it goes. And, like, you know, you still, get, you still hear a Premier League managers phoning up Sir Alex Ferguson for advice. Yeah, all you the You know, time. about transfers and things like that. And I think, to me, personally, if I knew my business coach was being coached by somebody else who's kind of keeping them accountable, that would which therefore sense. benefits me, then I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Yep, 100% agree with that. Mm. So um, with your clients as well, Phil, um, when you have those conversations with them and when you talk to them about what they need and what they want, um, is, it a, is it a case then of always kind of being reactive to that? Or do you kind of go in with a clear plan in mind of like almost like a template that you feel like actually if they follow these steps, then they will get to the point that they, they need to get to? So there's, there's very much a, a structure around growth that you can, that, that you can follow. But the, um, when you really get to the core of what coaching's about, it's about really being 100% present with the person mm. in the room. And it isn't always what they say, it's how they say it in their body language. So there's a lot of emotional intelligence that goes on with coaching, which is looking at the individual and saying, actually, what is it that you need? And the danger with being too prescriptive with that and having a set agenda before you go in is you end up not giving the client what they need. Mm. So for for me, it's about what the client needs and focusing as much on that as possible Um, and really emptying yourself before you go into a a coaching session to be able to focus 100% on that individual. Mm. It's kind of taking away ego as well, isn't it? Like... You know, drawing it back to what Jack and I do, we've got a product called the Content Club where we will basically, a client will send through a, a video and we will repurpose it into loads of different assets. One of the biggest kind of hurdles that we overcame in the in the early days of development was the fact that everybody was sending us videos in portrait mode. Yeah. For our templates and for us to turn around quickly, they need to be in landscape mode. But then we thought, actually, that's not their fault. 
we're not telling, you know, we're not kind of holding them accountable to, you should only, if this person only ever films in portrait mode on their phone, then we need to be they able to adapt be allowed to, to that. Do that. Yeah, yeah, we need to be able to adapt to that. And it's important that we listen to them and we don't have an ego attached to it and we don't say, oh no, why are they not sensitive to it like, mm. like the way that we want to do it? So I think it's really important in business and as a business owner that there is, it is a game of supply and demand and you do need to be able to adapt to what the demand is telling you. And if that, like you say, is a client coming in saying, this is what I want to, this is what I want to achieve, then yes, you kind of have those steps in your mind already, I imagine from experience. Yeah. But it is, a, it is a, imagine a game where you just have to always be present, listen to them and then, and then figure out what they need. And in most instances, a client has got an idea of what they need to do. Most business owners, the theory around business is in a lot of books. Yeah. But when you're in a business day in, day out, and you're balancing cash flow, you're balancing team, you've got service issues, it's getting the clarity around what you need to do. And you want it contextualized to your business too. You Absol- can't get that in a book. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So theory is great, mm. but there's a, there's a reality within business. you know, mm. And that can be frustrating as a business owner because they can read loads of books and think, hang on a second, the reality is in business, this is completely different. And so that, that's the outsider perspective that, that coaching provides is, is helping give that clarity. It isn't about me telling them what to do. I don't tell any of my clients what to do. No. It, it's, sometimes they'll ask me for my view, but at the same time, it's about helping them get clarity for what's right for their business. What I want for their business just does not matter. No, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's about them. What's the, what's the big one for, for business owners? Why, what's the biggest issue that they want solving? What's the common common problem? I'd say working out what they want. Yeah. Mm. So if you start coaching a, a successful entrepreneur, someone who's got great growth, what's next? Yeah. Uh, defining success. If you ask a serial entrepreneur, what is it you want? Define the level of success that you're happy with. When you strive for having multiple businesses, you just strive more and more for it. And so what that can start to happen, you can have a bit of an empty void with it mm. and, and no business really satisfies it. So there's an element there which is around, okay, try and get a clarity of what they want. I think that what people mainly want out of coaching across the board is to be challenged and held, account, yeah. held accountable. Um, they may not say it immediately, but we do crave it, particularly when you come from an employed state. Because when you're employed, you have accountability. Mm. You get used to that. You get used to it. So then when you suddenly become a business owner, it's very easy to let stuff go. Mm. Uh, and for, for small businesses in particular, um, that can be one of the biggest challenges. So if you're a business that's turning over less than 250000 the reality is, is that you've probably got a relatively small team of that size. You're doing everything, as I described earlier. Um, and it's easy to let th- things slide like your business plan, your sales and marketing plan tracking your numbers, doing your cash flow forecast. Mm. It's just easy to let it go. And so someone holding you to accountable to that is, is, is really important. Are there any kind of um, practical ways in which business owners can become a bit more accountable? Um, is there anything that you suggest to clients? Um, here are some you know, ways that you can do that. I mean, personally speaking, Jack and I, we use a piece of software called Asana. Yeah. And we will just set tasks. And sometimes it's easier for me to ask Jack to do something without me phoning him up and sending him a text it's better for me to set him tasks and assign him to them on this piece of software that we use. And that's just, that works for us. Not yep. saying it wouldn't work for anyone else, but mm. is there any practical advice that you would give to somebody who is struggling with accountability? I'd say visualizing your goals and having that as a reminder every day. So if you've got a dream board in front of your uh, um, 
laptop or maybe it's a screensaver of what yeah. you're trying to achieve. That, that drive of seeing what you're trying to work towards, which could be a picture of your family, could be a number of different things. What that does in your mind is trigger a point as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think reminding yourself of your why every day and being clear on what those goals are means that actually you know what you're working towards. If your goals don't mean enough to you, then you won't work hard enough in a lot of instances to try and attain it. And we, d- and we do that sometimes without even thinking, don't we? You know, if an opportunity arises, but then it passes by, sometimes it is just because we haven't felt as passionate about it. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's sometimes, you, again, you just have to look in the mirror and have a bit of a word with yourself and think, actually, did I really want to do that? Um, do you believe in affirmations and, and things like that? Do you believe in the law of attraction? Because there's a lot of, especially in the coaching world, there's a lot of conversation around this, isn't there? About, you know, morning routines, waking up and setting mm. yourself up for the right... Productivity. Yeah, like, do you believe in any of that or do you think it's as simple as actually having that one goal and then striving towards it? Uh, so, so mindset and, and the way you focus and having good habits absolutely is important in business. Um, really stripping it back and being clear on what I'm trying to achieve and breaking that down into key milestones and goals, I think is really a key driver as to what would help a lot of businesses. Mm. So a, a frequent thing that I hear from a lot of business owners when I ask them, look, you know, what's your business plan? What's your goal? They'll say, well, I've got an idea. It's in my head, but it's not written down. Yeah, yeah. So the clarity of what they're trying to achieve and defining it very specifically is, is missing with a lot of businesses. Some businesses do have it but for a lot of small businesses, they don't. Mm. So, you know, if you've got a five-year plan of what you're trying to achieve, what does that look like over um, each year uh, leading up to that five-year period? what can you do in a day that would then lead to doing your month plan? Yeah, yeah and it's breaking it down. And, and that does come from good habits. Mm. Um, and that does come from accountability as well. Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I think a lot of us can, can kind of gravitate towards that whole idea of how life is made up of habits. Mm. You know, it's about choosing the right ones. You know, every... Every night we put pajamas on. Well, in my case, I don't know what you put on when you go to bed, Jack. But G-string. Uh, <laughs> we put pajamas on. This and is go going to, to another level. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's giving everybody insight. We talked. We said it would give you insight. <laughs> but you know, we have breakfast in the morning. We have lunch. We have dinner. Like these are habits that we've just built up over time that we've got from other people. And I think in business, especially developing those right habits, getting up at a reasonable time each morning and setting, you know, your to do before the day and all that kind of yeah. thing. Certainly with me and with you, Jack, I know it yeah. has. I helped. mean, it's consistency and, and you bring in like if exercising and, and, and those kind of habits, like making you more productive with your business. Like a lot of people kind of believe it and they get why, but they don't, they, they just don't make up those habits. They don't, they don't do them. Mm. And, and, and again, that's accountability and staying consistent with something. Um, and if they were to do that for four weeks straight, they would start seeing actually how much more productive they are in their business. So I I think it's habits, but it's, it's how best to transition into those habits and keep them up. Yeah, there's a great book. James Clear wrote a book, Atomic Habits. I don't mm. know if you've read it, but it's yeah. a great, that's a great book about how you change habits that you've had for, for a long period of time. I think that the I did, I did a group coaching session this week and someone some of the individuals in the group commented that you read a lot of theory around what you should be doing okay you know some of the entrepreneurs they start work at three in the morning and a lot of business owners read this book read these books and partly feel a little bit intimidated by it because they're thinking that's just not me yeah and then they read that and think that doesn't come natural to me and therefore i'm not going to be a good business owner Uh, absolutely (laughs) i think that you can get a bit despondent and, and that can actually think okay well what can i change so i think that the point i'm trying to make is 
with any book that you read in business, and there's lots of great books out there, it's, it's applying it back to yourself and saying, actually, what does work, what works for me from a habit perspective? Yeah, yeah. Some business owners work better late at night. Yeah. Some business owners work better in the morning. Mm. And it's important as well, I guess, about, you know, you, you read a few books and you don't try and make all of those changes ready to start the next morning. Because that's something I found is like, I work better when I start to instill one habit at a time, one thing at a time, you know, over a long period of time. I don't wake up and then suddenly like do some meditation and listen to yeah. music I mean, with some incense or anything yeah, like that yeah. all at once because it just doesn't come natural to me. It I've almost comes too like much that. to think about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you start to yeah, stress over it and then again, mm. accountability yeah. when you don't do it, then it gets you down. So it, I think having those clear habits that you know you'll be able to stick to is really important. I gave up um, coffee for three months last year and it wasn't the caffeine that was the hardest thing to give up. It was the routine and habit. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I did dry January. And it, it was exactly yeah, that. It, it's, it's kind of changing that routine. You know, you go by a usual you know, yeah. coffee shop that you normally stop off at yeah. when you wake up in the morning. And, and it, that is the, the habit is the hardest thing to, yeah. to develop. But, you know, doing something as singular as that and just focusing on it, once you get into the routine a couple of weeks or a month and into you it. you take that into other aspects, can't yeah, you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What's been your biggest challenge with... Um, obviously be careful what to say with clients when you're when you're coaching clients what's been the one thing that you you think you know this is quite difficult to overcome and and something that kind of comes up quite a lot is is it then been receptive because i should imagine that that might be something to a kind of a hurdle you need to jump over sometimes yeah i think that before i go into uh before i go into any coaching relationship with a client we go through a certain amount of due diligence to make sure you know there's there's a good fit yeah and there's a good working relationship so in terms of them being receptive, we kind of map that out before we start working together and understand, okay, so what's my role within the working relationship and what's yours? Mm. And being really clear on that mm. um, and, and defining exactly what those, those roles are, that then ensures that actually people are going into it with the right expectations. Um, I would say that in the main, because people are wanting to improve, they are actually... Uh, receptive yeah um, well if they're having that meeting with you in the first place you'd like to think they're already at a point yeah. where you're able to help yeah absolutely I think that what usually what, what can happen within coaching particularly as you start to get three four months into coaching and the st- things that we start to look at maybe involve an element of more personal development or more difficult challenges within the business that they've got to change that's when actually it, it becomes um more challenging for the business owner because they need to come more out of their comfort zone. Yeah. The more you take someone out of their comfort zone, that's where the resistance maybe can start to, to kick in. But that's where really kind of the art of coaching comes in because what you've got to do is not just keep challenging someone, but make them feel comfortable with how that change is going to work. Make them be comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which sounds a bit of a strange thing to say, but it's helping them understand and take away and su- support them, take away the fear. You know, because the role of a coach really, yes, yeah, about providing outside perspective. Yes, it's about accountability. But also business owners want support, yeah. you know, because having someone just honour them because they've not done something, that actually isn't... Counterproductive. They yeah. come to you in the first place for support. Absolutely. Yeah. And so sometimes it's a case of really just listening, get allowing a business owner to unload and being 100% present with them. They can't talk to their staff about it. And so they just, and that, that helps clear their head. Mm. Um, and so there's a, there's, a, there's a real balance within that process. Again, just making sure you're focused on what the client needs. That's, That's really, really cool. interesting. Where, what does the next year look like for you, Phil, and, and the business as a, as a whole? Um, so I've launched a, a new coaching program yep. specifically for micro businesses. So 
Uh, I've been coaching one-to-one for the last, uh, coming up to two years, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, but what I noticed going around the region is, and I did some research on this, 95% of all businesses fall under um, 250,000 turnover um, and employ less than five people. And that forms the biggest part of the economy, biggest employer within the UK, those types of businesses. Yeah. And they are some of the hardest businesses to run. Mm. The reality is, is not all those businesses can access um, one-to-one coaching or maybe not even ready for it. But they need a bus- still need some support around business education. They need some form of mentorship. They need some form of coaching. So I spent six months um, towards the back end of last year researching, putting together a program that's relevant for businesses of that size. Cool. That doesn't absorb too much time, that is affordable, it's accessible but also as a format that allows them to learn from other business owners. Yeah. I really firmly believe that when you're in a room of other business owners, you can learn a lot from them as well as the coach. Mm, yeah. So as well as being a coach, it's about being a facilitator as well. So I launched a, a program at the start of this year. We've got 26 businesses in it, uh, 13 in Suffolk, 13 in Norfolk. The plan is to get that up to 100 by the end of the year. Um, and we're doing that in series of groups. So it's a maximum of 20 business owners in each group. Um, and we meet once a month. So the plan is to take the 26 business owners we've got, add more groups. Um, and the personal goal that I've set is to grow the local economy by a million pounds and to create 20 jobs through um, micro businesses. Brilliant. That's, that's, in that's in terms of having, yeah. a, having a, a goal as well, you know, I think we, we sometimes fall in the trap of wanting to fill our time on a Wednesday afternoon, for example, and that's your goal for the next uh, next yeah. year. But what I love, and, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, is the fact we sit here and we talk to business owners such as yourself and the goal is never to update your website. It's more those kind yeah. of l- bigger global goals as well. And, and, and by wanting to do that in, in our economy and in Suffolk as well, uh, I think it's brilliant. So well done. Well uh, done, mate. We've got a lot of great businesses, you know, and um, my coach held me to account on this because my coach, I said I wanted to have a bigger impact on the community. Uh, and my coach says, what are you going to do about it? Nice. Yeah, you know, like what, what are you going to do about it, you know? So there's only so many clients I can coach one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Mm. So by building a group program, uh, and it's been really exciting to see how people are now starting to work on a collaborative basis, those that are in the program, people are starting to pass each other um, referrals to each other, which has been a byproduct mm. of, of the and program itself. And that's growing itself. the economy in itself, isn't Abs- it? Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily have to come from you. Absolutely, and so that's been, that's been great to see. And at the end of the sessions that I run, it's just great to see business owners just talking to each other, yeah, yeah. asking questions and, and learning. And we're running webinars as part of the program, which allows subject matter experts within the program to talk about what they do. That's yeah. cool. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, really, it means a lot to me. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, we're then going to scale that in uh, 2021 by launching a, it's a 200, we call it a 250K growth program at the moment, but it's going to be a half a million growth program so what we're going to do is we're going to take those businesses that go through this year and then say right we've got you to 250,000 or a bit more how do we then take you even further cool and then take it into high growth brilliant amazing amazing and um, Phil where can the community find you mate where on social platforms website everywhere I'm on social media a lot you so. are and you're doing a great <laughs> job can't wait to talk to you about that afterwards um, <laughs> so uh, LinkedIn uh, <laughs> Philip if you do Phil by business coach uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn I've got a Facebook page um, that's that's the best way to find me Amazing. Phil, um, on behalf of us both, thank you so much yeah. for coming down, You're chatting welcome. to us. We've 
we've got lots of value from it and I'm sure our listeners as well and our viewers have done too and remember to check Phil out and um, see all of his content he's putting on social media because it is really really good and um, lots and really really insightful as well so we said it would be insightful yes yeah thank you very much guys Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast if you want to like comment subscribe leave us a star rating and uh, make sure you check Phil out as well cheers thank you bye for now Bye.